Hello and welcome to the Moisture Farm Report, the Star Wars podcast that, much like the Black Melon of Tatooine, is rather an acquired taste. Uh, we are here to discuss the Book of Boba Fett. My name, as always, is James Matthews. And with me, as always, coming in and out of the desert like Cad Bane himself, is Adam Wheeler. How are you doing, Adam? <laughs> I am I am very good, James. Um, I don't have... I don't have a, like a cowboy hat to sport, so I'm really sorry. Um, but um, I do have sort of that kind of physique and slender nature of Cad Bane, I suppose. I'll take it. I don't know. I don't know if you're trying to say that I have very blue skin and I should go and see a doctor. <laughs> Got a very grouchy attitude. No, no. <laughs> I don't right, think so- you resemble Cad Bane in any way apart from that height. <laughs> it's the nose. It's the nose. It's what it yeah. is. <laughs> the sheer lack of nose <laughs> uh, but yeah i'm doing okay james um i am very excited about this episode having mm-hmm. finished um or both of us having finished the book of boba fett of course and <laughs> and <laughs> um sorry did i did i jump ahead too quickly on that? <laughs> not at all i mean it's going to be in the episode title people will know what it is so that is that is why we're here we're not this isn't the start of season two i'm sorry we are busy recording that at the moment but obviously the book of Boba Fett has just finished on Disney Plus. Uh we've not long watched the last episode. You watched the last episode twice, didn't you? I did. You went back yeah. and rewatched it. You I, um, loved it. it. It got released. I can't remember what time. It was like nine or eight or nine I o'clock in the morning. It was like 10, eight AM, yeah. Something like that. And I watched it dead on eight AM. All the yeah. other episodes I had to wait either a day or so to, to watch mm. due to either work or or university or something like that. But this time I made a point of getting up to watch it. And I, <laughs> You got up in your Boba Fett pajamas, poured yourself a nice bowl of Boba Fettos. I, I have a Boba Fett jumper, which I specific yeah, which I specifically wore um, for okay. the first viewing um, for the first episode of the Book of Boba <laughs> yeah. Fett. Um, and I also have a Boba Fett um, pair of socks, which I didn't wear for the first viewing, but I <laughs> saved for I think some point halfway through the season. So it's good to use them. <laughs> I don't have any Boba Fett clothes, but I. I want to what? ask why you haven't specifically worn the Boba Fett jumper when we record an episode, but we should probably just get straight into the review, <laughs> shouldn't we? <laughs> we should probably should. Yeah, honestly, um, I mean, what a ride. I mean, we're finally at the mm-hmm. end of um, certainly a, a season with thrills, spills, joys, tears, pain... Um, everything um, thrown into the mix, and we have um, we have certainly a few opinions on the show, um, mm-hmm. differing, good, bad, um, loads of things. But um, yeah, I think we just wanted to kind of just reflect, sort of broadly on the show, just our general thoughts, pick out some specific moments we liked, didn't like, uh, memorable moments, things like that. So, I mean, James, I think um, we were going to start off with some of the things or the good points um, about the Book of Boba Fett, weren't we? Yeah, so I... Did you want to go first or shall I go first? You go first, James. You, oh, you have, pressure. You've come, you've come <laughs> nicely and nicely prepared today. Um, <laughs> A nice old much, word document. Much less, less than me, or more than me, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> I feel like I normally came... normally the opposite. So I, I think the first thing that jumped out to me that I loved was the, the Tuscan Raiders and how much we got to see of them. I've yes, been very vocal yes, before, haven't I, about yes. how much I like the Tuscan Raiders. But Well, you brought us the famous um, episode two of season one of yes. Watch Your Report with the Tuscan Jedi. Yes, I did. Sharad Het. So um, I think you were sort of half joking before the Book of Boba Fett <laughs> that we were going to see that. Mm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we did get Tuscans, and it was great to see them. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed seeing like a different bit of their culture as well, like a more of an exploration of who they were. 
um, with this the tribe that Boba joined. Yes, and we got yes. some insight, didn't we, into what Tuscan culture is with things like the kind of how sacred they feel water is and their ideas yes. of like land sovereignty and the history of yes. the Tuscans emerging yes. after the oceans of Tatooine's dried. The oceans of Tatooine, Adam. The oceans of Tatooine. The oceans. The oceans. Tatooine yes. had oceans once. Can we please get this in some form? Like, I'll take it in a comic, I'll take it in a video game, I'll take it in whatever medium. High Republic, High Republic. Yes. I'll take it in a bloody Star Wars pack of cards if I can just yeah. get something about Tatooine when it had oceans. Please, can I have like, that, like, Disney? Like, it, like, it's just, um, like it's just Camino. Yes. Basically. It's just like a Camino <laughs> planet. That would be absolutely Exactly. Incredible. Was the June uh, Sea an actual sea once? I, want, I, I mean, need to know this. Been. It must have been, surely. Um, but yeah, I think that we also got like the rituals and the customs. Mm. We got, you know, we got to see them dancing and initiating Boba into the tribe. We got to see the making of the gaffy stick, yes, and all of that. And it was just absolutely incredible. Um, and, 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 and sticking with the Tuscans, mm. this is something that I liked, is that, I mean, the Tuscans were a pivotal point in Boba's character arc. Yes. And I think that was probably the most, there was probably the most, you know, it was the most fantastic part seeing Boba grow as a person. Mm finding a family in the Tuscans, finding a purpose, finding this... Because, you know, Bobo is just this merciless bounty hunter who has had to go it alone for so many years. Mm. He's, you know, he's grown up in this culture of, you know, fend for yourself because that's how you win. You know, he, we see Bobo throughout the Clone Wars constantly being double-crossed by so many different figures. And, mm. of course, he has that, he has that standoff in the, in the unproduced, slightly <laughs> half-canon animated thing with Cad Bane mm. where the, his mentor effectively turns on him and he kind of, you know, he loses the, his next, the, you know, his, his effectively his, his next father figure yes. from Django. Um, so I think the Tuscans were a pivotal point and needed for, for Boba. I think it was really cool to see where, you know, what he becomes as a result. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That was one of my favourite bits in, um, I think it was in episode three, where he goes back to the Tuscan camp and sees that they've all been slaughtered. And it was it was a moment when it felt like something kind of clicked into place for me with Boba's character and where he is now. Because when he yeah. turned up in The Mandalorian, I, to be honest, I never really needed an explanation of any of this. But it was no. just a question I had of when he kind of took back his armor from Din Djarin, why yeah. he then went and helped Din find Grogu. Because the old Boba Fett from kind of the original trilogy, you can imagine he'd just go, well, I've got my armor. That's all I came for. Why should yeah. I help you? But yeah, with the when he's kind of brought into the Tuscan tribe, he, we see that he finds out that there are people who are kind of they exist on the fringe. They're a small group. They're not very technologically advanced, and they get exploited and pushed around by groups like the Pikes because of that. And then yeah. when they finally do stand up for their territory, the Pikes have them wiped out. And I think it was a scene where Boba's standing there and he sees the kind of burning ruins of this Tuscan camp, mm. and it suddenly I suddenly understood why Boba helped. Din Djarin get Grogu back because he sees Din mm. being pushed around by the might of the Empire and he sees Grogu yeah. being pushed around by the Empire and exploited by the Empire and I just thought mm. of course Boba would go and help Din Djarin now like it's mm. you can feel that compulsion there and I yeah I love that insight into what's formed this new version of Boba Fett I know not everyone yeah. did yeah. I know that some people had questions about why his character changed so much but for me it just kind of clicked into place I think I, I think it worked I think it worked because I mean also you're seeing throughout the, his flashbacks with seeing Django fly away constantly. Mm. It's just it constantly signifying that he was looking for something or yes. at least looking for a father figure, looking for a family to come back and care for him. And some of those moments, um, 
you know, as a result, we got to see some really great moments, such as Boba going and saving the two civilians mm. from the biker gang in that sort of bar fight thing, which from just a, you know, from a fight scene perspective, <laughs> thinking across the series, that was a solid scene. Mm. That was some great choreography film there, but also just a brilliant sort of, you wouldn't think of Boba as going and just saving innocent people mm. in a bar. You'd imagine old Boba would have just, as you said, just gone, that's ah, not my problem. <laughs> or... And would have just hightailed it out there, but yeah. no, Boba, Boba's different now. Boba's changed. He's yeah, a, he's a hero. That was that was a rough fight scene, and I mean that in a good way. Like it felt it felt like a bar fight should, it in the way he was real. like slamming people on tables and through, yeah, um, and through stuff. It just <laughs> it had a brutality to it, and I liked that. Um, James, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to just throw some favorite characters out. Okay, to you, just to throw some things out there. I think I know one of them. Um. I I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw this one. Um, the awkward, um, anxiety-filled robot on the train. Oh, I love the train droid. I wish we I wish we got him back. He was incredible. I genuinely want an just... action figure of that <laughs> anxiety-ridden <laughs> train conductor. It was just how like every moment was just get escalating, and he was just his head was turning, and then as soon as Bob like came in, you could just see the fear. Yeah on this like robot and he just he just absolutely yeeted himself out the window and it was just i loved it it was was like it'd be me in that situation that robot would have been me he was the embodiment of this is not what i'm being paid for (laughs) and i love that um uh yes uh do you have any favorite characters other than that james um i think one who stood out to me and they weren't a new character for the show or but fennec i really enjoyed what we saw of fennec shand um I've not yeah. seen any of the Bad Batch. I know that she appears in the Bad Batch, so I've not. She, she does, yeah. So all yeah. I've seen of Fennec is from those couple episodes of The Mandalorian. But yeah, I, yeah. I loved in, it was episode four, wasn't it, where they showed yeah. Boba finding Fennec in the desert and their kind of bonding. Mm. Um, yeah. I really loved that. I really loved seeing how much those two had in common. The way they'd both, yes. like, they'd both escaped situations in which they should have died. And mm. it both it changed both of their priorities and they kind of bonded over that like we should both be dead now we have cheated Mm. death in a way um yes yes yeah i i really Um, enjoyed that i really enjoyed that um and just seeing her mm. throughout the throughout the series like seeing first of all fennec as an awesome character and also knowing how much of a star wars fan ming na wen is like she loves being in this show so much so it's like seeing her giddy joy on twitter and seeing it translate (laughs) to an incredible performance and a such a great character yeah, yeah. Such a good, and also so refreshing to see so many actors over the age of 30 and 40 yeah. being, being given such prominent roles and, and, and enjoying Star Wars and just being celebrated and, and loved. And it's great. Absolutely. We it should definitely like we... say about like Tamura Morrison being, again, kind of coming back, reprising this role and being, like you said, over, I can't remember how old Tamura Morrison is now. Uh, that's a very good question. I suppose he's either in his 40s or 50s, I Tamura suppose. Tamura Morrison. Um, yeah. 61. Quite a bit over forty. Whoa, I okay. thought he was. Oh, I'm thinking Boba. I think as a character is a lot younger than that. Um, but right. yeah, it's so good okay. seeing these older actors. Like, and I'm not meaning that <laughs> meanly at all. Um, so good seeing these older actors like leading this show. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that I I enjoyed throughout mm-hmm. the series, James. I also really enjoyed seeing um, a sort of delve into some of the other aspects of the underworld or the mm. sort of dark alleyways of Tatooine. Like I really enjoyed seeing the, the mod shop yes. um, with uh, who, who sort of had this sort of deus ex, mach- um, deus ex, uh, mach- oh, what's the game? Machina? Is it deus ex? Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah. Oh, it's just deus ex, um, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is, yeah. The sort of augmentation um, chop shop mm. sort of thing. It sort of has this sort of um, plastic surgery vibe about it. <laughs> yes. but yeah, it's just this... Just, I just, you know, you've got all of these um, robotic limbs in Star Wars, and of mm. course not all of them are going to be... Not all of them are going to be, um, you know, high-end. They're going to be like <laughs> some back-alley guy who just does it off, on the cheap, and it was just really cool to see that sort of weird underworld mm. sort of play out. Um, who was who was it again that played the the mod artist or the mod surgeon, whatever his name was? It's Thundercat. Thundercat, yeah. But I definitely love the moment when like they went into the. It's like an old moisture farm hut, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think. But yeah, they went in, and then the guy turned around, and I saw it was Thundercat. I was like, "Oh my god, it's you!" Um, yeah. He's a phenomenal <laughs> musician. You should go and listen to Thundercat. He's brilliant. I haven't. I, I don't think I've heard anything. Heard anything from go him? Go check him out. He's an incredible bass player. Um, but okay. yeah, that was such yeah. a. I was really fascinated by that. Again, I know a lot of people have had problems with the mods and that whole subculture, but I've got so many questions. I want to know where they find those cybernetic bits. Are they like top of the yeah. range that they're buying in? Are they scrounging them from from droids and other robots Watto. around? From, from, from Watto. <laughs> yeah, they're getting it from like Watto's dumpster. Are they buying it from the Jawas? <laughs> How is this happening? Is it is it like a legal practice? Is it regulated? Is it really back alley? Do you, I want to when know you, so much. <laughs> When you think about it, the scrap industry is yes. so interconnected, right? Yeah. Watto sells to the mods, the mods sells to the Jawas, the Jawas yeah. sells to the to the Mandalorian. Like it's just such rich, rich industry. Such a thriving trade going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I know a lot of people had issues with the mods, but um, hey, you know, I mean, we might go and talk about them in a little bit more mm. detail later. But you know, at least we have something a little bit stylistically quite mm. quite different, I suppose. And I and I think. Um, and I think there's something to be said also about you know in a universe or in a in a series of magicians, little <laughs> green aliens and big death stations and all of this and flying machines. I think a little bit of um sort of a little bit of a punk rock mm. scene on Tatooine might not be the most outlandish thing we've ever seen in a Star Wars universe. We'll put it that <laughs> no, way. No, not at all. I mean, it's I know some people think it's a bit dumb, but it's not the first dumb thing to happen in Star Wars. <laughs> I want obviously a big shout out to is it Black. Black Cassantan? Yes. Black yeah. Cassantan. I mean, Santo, Santos, Santa, Black K. He, I the mean, Wookiee have many of names. The praise, <laughs> I mean, just the biggest, baddest Wookiee going. I didn't mm. know anything about Santo going into this series. I didn't know who he was. I knew that there was, afterwards, I knew that there's a big following and there's he's referenced in a load of comics. Um, but just seeing him on screen was just, str- oh, it just struck fear. Mm. Just struck fear into me. And I was kind of. Um, I was a little bit. Um, oh no, maybe that will go into maybe maybe a bad point. <laughs> no, you no, can let's say think of a good point. Uh, okay, well, no, I was kind of um, I was kind of hoping that his animosity with Boba sort of got drawn out mm. over a few more episodes, and it actually did, um, and that we got to see maybe a little bit more of the fiercer and you know dangerous side of Cassantan before mm. we saw it ultimately in the season finale. But yeah, just as a character design, James, it's flawless. Mm, definitely, like you, I didn't. I knew who Black Chrysanthemum was, but I didn't really know anything about him. Because um, I've not read any oh, no, of the no, comics no, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. Oh, okay. I didn't know anything. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> I think all I knew was that he was a Wookiee bounty hunter, and that I think that was pretty much it. But yeah, seeing right. him, like when he came on screen, I knew who it was, but that was mm. the extent of it. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. again, seeing another Wookiee just is always good. Um, yeah. But like seeing, seeing a Wookiee who's not a good character as well, seeing a Wookiee who's taken this uh you know not an evil path but he's you wouldn't count him among one of the heroes um no. i agree with you it would have been a little better to see a bit more of that animosity i think he's got 
Uh, I think he's got some past with Boba. I don't know if they've... I'm sure they've probably worked together at some point, but I'm sure they've probably been rivals yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's always good to see a Wookiee on screen. And mm. it was so good seeing that following as well, like you met, like you referred to, just the people who are so happy about seeing this character <laughs> appear on screen. Like, I wish I'd, I wish I'd read a lot of the comics and things before then so I could get involved with that, but... No, it's so good seeing people so excited to see him. I think there's a lot of things to be said about fans being excited for mm, characters returning. Because we got a lot of that, didn't we? We did indeed. We, um, <laughs> yeah, we got um, a few reprisals and a few interesting characters. Is it is it is it spoiler territory at the moment to be revealing some of them? I well, I mean, if people are listening to this review, they I would hope they'd watch the show. <laughs> Um, I would I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> Should we just assume that they've watched it and we can say whatever? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean straight I mean straight off the bat we had um we had the most awesome, incredible return of Cad Bane. We did indeed. That we one of your favourites ever expected. Absolutely one of my favourites. And also Funnily enough, mm-hmm. very um, very apt that we did an episode on Boba and Cad yes. Bane. Yes. Um, but yeah, just seeing Cad Bane come in from the desert, just walking mm. in and just and and it just playing out like this incredible western, which we obviously know George Lucas was inspired by yep. many many of his first iteration <clears throat> when he was first creating Star Wars and, and you know, Westerns, the samurai, very much inspired by all of these things. And you know, the Mandalorian certainly carries a lot of Western influence. And but but this, just the shot, just the way that you saw, you know, the wide angles of um Cobb Vamp and Cad Bane standing apart, just the, mm. the, the 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 shots to the their holsters and their hands, and then to their faces, and just the music in the background, the tension, mm. the tension you could have cut, cut with a knife, um, and yeah, and just seeing one of the most fiercest bounty hunters appear back on screen. I tell you what, um, I, <laughs> I, I mean, when I saw Luke Skywalker on screen, yeah, that got me, but seeing Cad Bane on screen, it got me more. Interesting. See, because I obviously don't know a lot about Cad Bane, um, because this was my first... Actually, I think this was my first experience of seeing him on screen. Um, So I I guess I didn't have that kind of big reaction, but I did definitely had... When you saw the silhouette and you saw the brim of the hat appear, it was like, ah, I know who this is. This is awesome. It's the hat. It was was the hat and then just seeing the the slight blue of the skin. You were like, oh... Oh my god. And then just how amazing was that delivery of the reveal? Just having the mm. hat lowered just enough just to not see the eyes and the nose. Um, and then just those kind of very short, succinct sentences and just mm. slowly building up to that point where suddenly the hat tips up. Um, and I, I think I'm right in saying that the voice actor who played Cad Bane in The Clone Wars is the same character who's, who does the voice acting for this. I believe it was, yeah. I cannot remember the name off the top of my head. Is it Corey um, Burton, or am I getting that wrong? I don't know. Um, maybe we should look that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> should have looked it up before the episode. We never do. No, we never do. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, there was obviously some aspects of the show that obviously we found a little bit, um, a little bit wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, suffice to say, I think I think I can speak for you, James, that we found the first half of the season mm. lacking in a in certain things mainly pertaining to i think we were a little bit disappointed with maybe the structure of the show yeah um, in general and possibly the character direction and development of boba um and his participation in the episodes i think were potentially the most things we found struggling so from my personal perspective i think i was telling you on messenger that i have um slight a slight um what's the word 
I have a slight thing about flashbacks. Yeah. I don't particularly like it when <laughs> flashbacks are used at the expense of, you know, finding out, you know, exposition through mm. writing and through just subtext. Um, I like it when you have to sort of figure out something for yourself as an audience and not have it spelt out for you. Mm. And I think the flashbacks were very convenient for Bobber. And I, I suppose with only a certain amount of episodes to tell a story, um, sometimes you have to use that. Mm. I did think that the flashbacks were used a little bit too much and were detrimental to a little bit, especially in the first half of the season, the character development of present-day Bobber. Because mm. we didn't really see him that much. I mean, we saw we saw him used every now and again, you know, going and collecting money, um, going and having dinner with the Trandoshans, <laughs> as we joked one, one night. Um, but really... Yeah, I think we spent a little bit too much time in in flashback Bobber and not enough time in present day Bobber. Yeah, it would be interesting to go back and watch those episodes and tally up like how many minutes of screen time we get in compared to like present day and flashback Bobber. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think for me when in those early episodes the problem was like the we'd spend kind of a, a block of the episode like half of the episode in one timeline and the other half in yeah. the other. Um, mm. which I know made it very easy to tell the difference between the two timelines, but it didn't feel kind of interwoven. Um, mm. I I don't really have a problem with flashbacks, but I do prefer them to be like interwoven rather than just, right, for the next mm. 20 minutes we're in this timeline and the next 20 minutes we're in that timeline. Um, mm. Yeah, I think something that both of us said quite early on was like that we found the flashbacks of the Tuscans a lot more interesting than the present day yeah. storyline. Um, yes. And I think this is this is maybe going on to a different point, but I think my thing with the show was that I always kind of saw it in like two halves a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And I think I would have really enjoyed if the Book of Boba Fett was just like a limited series of seven episodes and it yeah. was just in the past. It was just like him with the Tuscans um, to kind of mm. fill in this, like the gaps with his character. And then the stuff mm. on Tatooine had maybe been folded into a whole season of The Mandalorian. Which I'm yes. sure we'll come on to yes. the whole kind of blending of the Mandal- of the Mandaverse with Boba yes. Fett, but yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think you, I've struggled to think of a way that you could tell the story without those flashbacks because I think you need that for the character, but yeah. at the same time, it didn't feel like it had been done the best way it could have been. No, no, and I think that it it was an interesting turn as well, wasn't it, in terms of um, seeing Boba's change as a character on mm. screen. Um, I suppose. Um, is there's an I think I've seen there's an argument to be made that Bobber is is has changed too quickly. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who say that as soon as he comes out of the Sarlacc pit mm. and almost from that point on when he sort of awakens from his his um from being not from basically going unconscious, mm. he sort of changes a little bit too quickly. From he gets imprisoned, he escapes that one day, um, then he goes and helps that little boy. Mm. Um I suppose some people could argue that maybe we should have seen him work a little bit harder to achieve that change of character that we know that ultimately he becomes. Um, mm. Counter that, countering that, okay. of course, being being with that young Tuscan boy in the desert alone, of course, mm. we know how that probably would have affected Bobba because we know how much he was affected by you know mm. being stranded alone as a boy, losing his father in the Battle of Geonosis. We know how much sort of that sort of a lot of his um a lot of his his fears and his anxiety sort of stem from this sort of period of his childhood so i can i can see how he would probably become protective over mm. a young boy like he like him when he was younger probably seeking the same thing yeah um, for sure but i just 
I think that, yeah, I think that by the, you know, we he basically becomes the Boba that that sort of is changed and is the is the Boba that we sort of see practically throughout till the, the last episode. He beca- kind of happens by episode two, mm. I, I think. And arguably that happens too quickly. Yeah, I think that maybe is a problem as well, just the, the structure um, of the show, like, because they can't really, you know, if they had flashbacks without like every seven episodes, you couldn't draw out that turn until the last episode because you'd spend the entire series thinking like, well, how has he got to the point that we're seeing in the present day storyline? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. it's tough and it's, again, a feeling of like, I liked what they did, but maybe they could have executed it a little bit better. Um, mm, if we'd seen mm, that storyline play out over a season, perhaps whether it would have been a lot more convincing. Um, yeah. But at the yeah, same time, yeah. it's a common thing of storytelling, isn't it? Like characters will just kind of change overnight. Um, it's true. You think of it's the true. character change Luke Skywalker went through in A New Hope, and that takes place over a couple of days at best. That's very true. Um, very true. Yeah, but no, I, I do agree. There's some bits that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief to to be like, okay, I'll just have to buy that the character is like this now, or that they've gone through yeah. this change in this short yeah, amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I I think, yeah, it's just the, um, it's Nick picks, I suppose, at the end yeah. of the, day, the execution of a show. And I think it ultimately sort of succeeds because by the end of the series, we both loved it, didn't we? Exactly. So I think all of these are contingent on the, on the you know, assumption that we still didn't like it by the end of the season finale. Mm. No, we actually loved it. <laughs> so I think, I think, so, I think actually there is a good point that the show was able to rescue it and was able to actually bring us on board with what it did in the last few episodes. Speaking of what it did, though, in the last few episodes, yeah. shall we quickly touch on the fact of, you know, the book of uh, the book of the Mandalorian that happened <laughs> yeah. around episode five? Yeah, because um, this has been a pretty divisive thing, hasn't it, about whether... It has. Because I think a lot of people have... I've, this is an opinion I've seen a lot of the time of, like, the best episodes of the book of Boba Fett were episodes five and six, which were <laughs> the ones with that had one scene with Boba Fett in across two episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I think yeah. I agree with that. I think my favourite episodes were the final three of which mm. one of them only had one boba scene in and one of them had none. Uh, yeah. But I don't know, I at the time, I remember episode five it was that, that Din Djarin comes back and we get that yeah. entire episode of him um, going mm. to Naboo, uh, going to Tatooine, sorry, getting the Naboo Starfighter. Yes to the yeah. Naboo Starfighter going back, just to say yes. that. Yes. Uh, forgot to amazing. say that in things I loved. My yes. favourite Starfighter in Star Wars. And also, we love all of the all of the Boba Fett and Mandalorian characters being massive Phantom Menace stands. Oh, definitely. Like we yeah. see we see Cobb Vamp with um, uh, Anakin's old pod racer yes. engine. Yes. We all we see um, you know, we see Cobb Vamp even reference um, the Naboo Starfighter. Going, is that a Naboo Starfighter? Yes. You know, we just it's so many references. It's just brilliant. Definitely. But back onto negative stuff. Let's be mean. Um, <laughs> okay. I do we ha- do we have to? Yes, we do, Adam. <laughs> This okay, is what we're okay. paid to do. I wish we're paid to do it. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I spent that first episode, like I, I got about kind of 20 minutes into it and then I thought, this is, I'm really enjoying this, but when is it going to go back to the show that it's meant to be? Um, yeah. And I think that's maybe part of the problem with the book of Boba Fett was that it was billed as a Boba Fett solo show. It was billed as Boba being a crime lord on Tatooine. When I mm. think from the outset, it was never going to just be that. Um, yeah. And it's, I often wonder if the reaction, if that kind of divisive or polarizing reaction to episodes five and six would have been the same if we knew we were getting not a mm. spin-off for Boba Fett, but a kind of expansion of the Mandiverse. Um, yes. Which yes. is what I feel the so, show really was. 
but it mm. wasn't marketed as much like that. I've seen no, a lot of people saying no. like, oh, Dave Filoni and Kathleen Kennedy have always said it's Mandalorian season 2.5. But yes. I haven't read any of like the interviews they did saying that. I've only seen the, no. the trailers and the social media stuff. Which is, which is what most people do say. Yeah, so I feel like there's been a bit of a disconnect there between what the show's been billed as from some people, what the show's been billed as from others. Um, yeah. Which is, again, it keeps going back to this idea, of, like, for me, it's a show of two halves. Like, you've got to think of it in kind of two separate ways sometimes. Like, it's a Boba Fett show and it's a Mandiverse show. I really like yeah. the term Mandiverse. I'm going to keep bringing that back. Man- Mandiverse is good. Mandiverse <laughs> is good, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I agree. I think that, I think you've got to see it, see it for what it is. And when you realise it is a sort of expansion of the Mandoverse, mm. then it does become quite an enjoyable thing to watch. And yeah. I think, same of you, at first, I was a little bit, it was a little bit strange just watching an episode of The Mandalorian play out. But <laughs> as you said, I mean, I loved it. I loved that episode so much because of everything that happened in it, because of the story. Mm. And um, yeah, of course, it, is, it was weird not seeing Boba Fett in that episode that much or in the, the subsequent episode that much at all. Um, but I, 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 ultimately, it's because you, you figure out the arcs and the stories mm. feed into that final episode. It all comes together um and yeah and it all and it all become it all is is worthwhile at the end of the day Mm. um and yeah it it would have been nice to yeah to go into it knowing that um it's a shame it is definitely a shame though the the reaction i think on social Mm. media from so the the fact that there is this sort of um what's the word sort of like being, a divide? being negative about yeah sort of a, yeah that's right yeah a bit of a divide between you know those who like the boba fett show and those who are crying out for just having the mandalorian mm. back um there isn't i mean there is an argument to be made that you know did we you know i think we were talking about this did we need that story mm. in in terms of the mandalorian and the Gro- and uh, din and grogu reuniting did we need that in the book of boba fett yeah because Having that at the beginning of season three of The Mandalorian, you know, maybe would have been nice to see that play out so, or for us to wait longer to see that. that yeah. That, those two being reunited. Because again, yeah. I had a slightly different version of how all this could be done. Not saying I'm a better like TV writer and oh, no, showrunner no, than, than John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Robert Rodriguez and everyone else who was involved in the show. But but but, but Disney, <laughs> if you need any extra script supervisors, then, then hit us up. I do have a first class honours in creative and professional writing. Just putting that out there, <laughs> Disney. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> find me on LinkedIn. Um, no, my I kind of thought like it would have been, I really enjoyed what we saw of Din Djarin on that kind of ring world. The way he's gone, um, once he's, sent Grogu off with Luke Skywalker, the way he's kind of gone back into his old life of being a bounty hunter and kind of what we saw of him in the first episode of The Mandalorian. And you could just see in the way he's acting there that it's not his life anymore. That's not what he wants Mm. to do. And he desperately wants to go back to Grogu. And I think Mm. that should have been the extent of him, uh, his kind of focus in the story. I think he then should have Mm. perhaps got this message from Boba Fett saying, hey, can you come help me out on Tatooine? And he perhaps mm. goes to Tatooine trying to find this sort of new purpose or this new calling for him by helping out Boba. Yeah. And at the yeah. end of the book of Boba Fett, when he's flying off in his Naboo Starfighter, he yeah, then yeah. goes to find Grogu because he thinks, that's what I mm. need. That's the purpose that I'm lacking. That's what's mm. missing in my life right now. Yeah. And then I think mm. you can go into mm. season three of The Mandalorian with the episode that we had on, on Luke's Academy planet where Din yeah. turns up. The series starts with Grogu being presented with that decision. 
And then I think if people go into The Mandalorian not having watched the book of Boba Fett, they can buy into the fact that, um, you know, that the series starts at this point with with Din wanting to see Grogu again and Grogu not yeah. wanting to remain with Luke rather than yeah. needing to watch the book of Boba Fett for that plot point to make sense in yeah, the Mandalorian. There's, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of confused Mandalorian mm. stands but... out there who who <laughs> like like many like many uh, Mandalorian stands who haven't watched the Clone Wars who may be confused mm. when Cad Bane turns up. Well, Same thing. But saying uh, that, like I obviously hadn't seen Cad Bane before he turned up, and I was not confused at all. I knew who that. No, I got everything I needed to know about Cad Bane's character from that scene where he turns up. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, 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 I'd be surprised if there are people who are like. Obviously, there are going to be some people who watch The Mandalorian and haven't watched the book of Boba Fett, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a very strong overlap between people who have Definitely. watched one watching the other. Okay. Well, I think for the just looking at the time, yes. um, we don't want to run on too much longer. Um, was there anything else we wanted to touch on? Any other negative points, or should we just do a sort of over overarching conclusion? I think that was it for me. Um, I'll probably have more okay. when I wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh God, I should have talked about that. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think was 100% low. <laughs> You know, we I mean, we could have easily talked about Din in this. Mm -hmm. We could have talked about um, we took we could have talked about the mayor. We could have talked about mm. the casino and you know Cobb Vamp. We could talk about so many things. Um, but I think just to just to summarize, um, it was a brilliant show. Mm. At the end of the day, I think we we really enjoyed it. It had its teething problems at the end, but I think I think. I can speak for both of us that we just found the finale just very thematically satisfying, oh, yes. visually beautiful, mm -hmm. very Star Wars. Yes. Like just, and the bit that the bit that felt so Star Wars for me was seeing Din and Boba in the sanctuary. Oh yeah. Cornered by all of the pikes, and then seeing Boba basically tell Din to leave because you know, you know, mm. you're. I suppose you'll be heading out now because uh, you don't want to be caught up in this. Yeah. And and Din just does the typical Star Wars thing of, no, I'm going to stay and I need to help my friends or believing no matter what the problem or no matter what the danger is, believing in, you know, your, your, your creed mm. or your believing in your family. You know, he just, what does he say? He goes, do you, he goes, do you believe in that Bantha fodder? And he yeah. goes, yep. And he's like, good. <laughs> and that was beautiful for me. I love mm. that. That was the scene they kissed, right? <laughs> you won't let that down. <laughs> nope. I yeah, I really enjoyed it as well, and I like yeah, it did have its teething its teething problems, and it wasn't perfect, but I think it was overall a good show, and I I think it's something that we should probably try and get away from as fans of not just Star Wars but anything of that. Like it was either the best show ever or it was garbage. Like it's okay if it's a seven out of ten. Like yeah, that's still a great show. Absolutely. Well, thank you, James, for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for joining us for this uh, rather bonus episode of reviewing the book of Boba Fett. Um, tell us what you guys thought about the series, and you know, did you enjoy it? What are the things that you didn't like? Were there, were there any favourite characters that you guys you guys um, enjoyed? Um, send us your thoughts because um, we'd love to know. Mm -hmm. um, James, should we do the wrap up? Yes, so if you do have any thoughts on the book of Boba Fett, please send them our way. We're on social media at Moisture Farm Rep, or you can send us an email at moisturefarmpod at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, we've got an entire season of stuff you can listen to. We've got season two coming very shortly in March. Yes, we do. So subscribe, leave a review, 
follow us on social media so that you don't miss when season two drops. You can reach us on Twitter. Corsa, I'm at Wheeler underscore deals and James is at James16Matthews. So yes, thank you everyone for listening. Um, We'll be back soon for the beginning of season two. Um, But of course, until then, we will see you next time on the Moisture Farm Report.